and I don't like nobody touching my stuff. So just keep your meat hooks off. If I catch any of you guys in my stuff, I'll kill you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Well, well, here we are. Shall we play a game? I want my MTV. Know what only $1.99 buys you at Ponderosa right now? Only at Radio Shack. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hello and welcome to Members Only Studios. My name is Rob and I'm here with my good friend Kevin Ackley. How are you today, sir? Great. How are you doing? Doing great. So today we are going to pick up where we left off last week when Matt and I talked about the year 1980 and we're going to turn the calendar, turn the page to 1981, which was a great year for music, a lot of lot of events happened in 1981 some things that you know we look at as iconic during the 80s actually happened during this year so we're going to unpack all of that here in a little bit before we get started um kevin what were you doing in 1981 uh let's see i had really started to get into music at that time and uh the big thing i remember uh you recall i had a mini bike Yes, I do. My my little Honda Fifty, and and riding that, uh, you know, I was riding that around the yard a lot. But I had added an accessory at this point. Now, let me let me, let me, let me okay. stop you. Real quick. Okay. When he says riding around the yard, he just didn't live in like a suburban area where he's riding around in circles in a fenced-in area. They had a nice little chunk yeah, of, of we, property there, so you can go around and go over a couple hills and things. Yeah, like that. and we also used our neighbor's yard, so we had about two acres to ride the mini bike on, yeah. and. Uh, since I was really getting into music, I started. I, I owned this little transistor radio, you know, with like the antenna that you would pull up, and I rubber banded it. Did you just it. say antenna? Antenna, <laughs> antenna, or antenna? <laughs> antenna. <laughs> uh, so I rubber banded it. Well, I wasn't from the country, so yes, antenna is the. Yeah, so I rubber banded it to the 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 handlebars, you know, so, so I could listen to music as I rode around on my mini bike. So, and. Uh, that was also the year I went from middle school. You know, I started the year off in middle school and ended the year as a freshman in high school. So that was quite a big transition for me in 81. Nice. I was a freshman in high school uh, in, um, uh, in, in the beginning of 1981. Uh, I started high school in the fall of 1980. So, again, I was also, even as a kid, I was a big fan of music, but I was really starting to expand my horizons a bit. And I, I was discovering bands like The Police and The Cars and these kind of bands that I'd never really heard before. Because, I, again, at this age, I was, like, looking for something new. And uh, that was the new stuff out, that kind of that new wave sound. Mm -hmm. And I was very very excited about that so again uh freshman year in high school became a sophomore later in 81 but uh i had a paper out back then 
So I think I've mentioned that 150 times. Yeah, you are a working I was man. Very proud of yeah. my Citizen Journal. Paper well, I around. see you've got a plaque up here on the wall. I that, do uh, have a, pla- a plaque that, that, that talks about your your service. About my many years. Is that, Citizen is Journal. That two years. Yes, that's your yes. I, I kept that paper out up until since December '82. That's about right about the time that I quit. <laughs> so <laughs> I made it just two years. Once you got the plaque, you're like, yeah, I'm so done. I got my plaque. Peace out. <laughs> so I started making big boy money after that. I, <laughs> I started working at Kmart. No, I, I wasn't there yet. But uh, anyway, um, 1981, uh, good year. MTV came out that year. Um, I remember that very vividly. Uh, you know, I uh, became a professional wrestling fan that year. So yeah, that was a was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so what we're going to do here? We're going to take a, uh, a quick break, acknowledge our sponsors, and we're going to be right back talking about 1981. Thank you for listening to Living in the Eighties. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TunedIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livingintheeighties.us, and of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the Eighties. Thanks, and back to the show. Welcome back, and here we are talking all about 1981. Uh, Let's first of all take a look at, at, at prices. You know, like how much did how much did it cost to live in 1981? Yeah. Okay. It, it's when you think about now. Like, I wish I could make the money that I do now back in 1981 and buy stuff. Like, I would get paid. And like, you know, it's paid. I'm gonna go buy a house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy two. <laughs> I'll buy a couple of them. I'll buy a block by the end of the year. So. um... Kevin, how much do you think the cost of a new home was in 1981? Uh, I'm going to say 70000 You're close, 83000 okay. okay. Which which seems a little high to me, just strictly because I, I think my mom and dad bought a new house in, they bought a new house in 77. I, I want to think it was like thirty or 40000 and they had it built. So that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, so oh. I, I think that maybe that's $83,000 in New York money. I think <laughs> Ohio money might have been like fifty. Right. So who knows. What do you got? I'll let you go next. Uh, what's a gallon of gas in uh, 81? Uh, $1.38. Okay. I so, thought a lot of gas if it was 19 <laughs> Well, if you think about it, though, I mean, gas now is only, I think, Two ten right now, two twenty. So I don't buy much gas these days. Well, that's true. Like, I'll get a tank of gas, and like it lasts me for three weeks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's true. We're not driving as much as we were. Yeah. But it, it hasn't jumped that much. I mean, if you call a few years back, it was like up to four dollars, but it's come down yeah. quite a bit since then. So that's a good thing. Um, what do you think the median household income was in nineteen eighty one? Oh, no, that's a okay. 
the median household income, I would say $30,000? Wow. $19,074. Wow. That's, I mean, and that's a household. Yeah, that's a household. I don't know if it, maybe it was just dad working, mom staying at home with the kids still. You know, were we still part of that whole nuclear family yeah. kind of model? I don't know, but that that doesn't seem like a, a lot of money even back then. No, I would I would have guessed it would seem like yeah, maybe thirty to thirty five. Yeah, that's that's surprising. Yeah, crazy. What about a cost of a new car? A new car in nineteen eighty one. Um, that is not on my list here. Um, we'll say uh, five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, oh, yeah, because it, it's like it's whited out. Like, like it doesn't have... Well, let's see what it was in 1980. I don't think me and Matt went over the 1980 pricing last week. Um, my computer's not cooperating either. Okay, we'll, we'll say it's $5,000. That sounds good. <laughs> um, what about a cost of a dozen eggs? Uh, would it be like 30 cents? Uh, 90 cents. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's which I don't think is that much more now. It's you know maybe a couple bucks for that. I don't know. Don't know. Um, gallon of milk. Um, fifty cents. <laughs> it's the same. This is a nineteen twenty. I'm gonna gallon of milk for fifty cents, and the milkman will deliver in a glass bottle. <laughs> Times are great. <laughs> uh, Two dollars and sixteen cents. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes. So that was, uh, uh, which isn't. I don't think it's much more than that now. I think, like, I go to Aldi. It's like two twenty nine, maybe. Yeah. Oh, look at this. I was right. Ish. It's fifty seven hundred. Well, fifty. Yeah, fifty seven hundred dollars average car price. Was that? I wonder what kind of car you would get for. Well, yeah, an average car. I mean, is that a, it's it's an average is you have your K car and you have your DeLorean and so we're in, somewhere in the middle is your yeah. So five thousand dollars, maybe, maybe like a a Chevy Impala, maybe. I don't. <laughs> so um, the um, the president in 1981, of course, was Ronald Reagan. Yeah, um, so elected. At the end of 1980. Yep. and inauguration in 1981. Yep. Yep, so um, let's talk about some of the news that was going on back then. Yeah, well certainly that was the big news was uh, we had a new president, which if you think about it, I mean, in the 80s, he was the president for... He was the president of the 80s. Eight, eight of the ten years, so yeah. uh, definitely he is a, a big part of, of the pop culture of, of the 80s. Yeah, me and Matt discussed that last week, how we look back so fondly at Ronald Reagan, you know, being our president, and, you know, we consider him, many of us consider him like the greatest president ever. Was he? I don't know. How, how, how can you even tell that? But the one thing is, like, because things were so great for us back then, we associate the greatness of the 80s with Ronald Reagan, so... Yeah, well, coming out of the 70s, you know, there was uh, the energy crisis and uh, this inflation was through the roof. Mm-hmm. And then it all turned around and, and people yes. started becoming super rich and technology became a big part of the 80s. So that all kind of gets credited 
to the president at the time. Sure. Fairly or unfairly. Right. Um, so, yeah, it seemed like he was doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> in, in our opinions, right? So I'll take it. Um, now, you remember the day he was inaugurated is the day that the Iranian hostages were released. So they'd been yes. in captivity for 444 days. Something like that, yeah. And they were hostages. released the day he was inaugurated. And, and yes. the, the theory always was that they feared for their lives. Like, oh, there's a new administration coming in. We yeah. better free these guys before we get bombed or yeah. whatever. And, so. and, I, and I believe, again... My, you know, I was 14 back then, so my mind back then, if I remember correctly, uh, I believe that uh, Ronald Reagan um, kind of allowed Jimmy Carter to be the one to meet them at the airport. Mm. Uh, you know, the outgoing president who really, I mean, half of his presidency was dealing, well, not half, but, you know, over a year. Yeah, the final year. percent of his presidency was dealing with these hostages over there. And, you know, they always look back at Jimmy Carter as not the greatest president, but as a good man. So um, I, I think it, it's very classy uh, that um, that Reagan kind of allowed and encouraged that to happen. Yeah. Sort of, you know, changing of the guard, you know, here's, you know, let's help your legacy a little bit. Right, exactly. So, you know, nice move. What else happened in 1981, Kevin? Well, two months, of course, after Reagan <laughs> became president, he got shot. Yeah, uh, what the heck? John Hinckley. Yeah. Um, what kind of name is John Hinckley, anyway? Well, and he was a junior. So So there's another John, John Hinckley, Hinckley running around. That's Maybe that's nice. what he was so upset about. Yeah. Um, and the thing I re- there were so many things to remember about that. One is that he, he shot the president to impress... Jody Foster. Do you remember that? Yeah, he, he, he was a huge. He's like a stalker. Yes. Yes. And he had written her letters, but she obviously was not reading. That said, he was going to try to do something to to impress her, and and that was what he came up. I'll prove my love for my woman. I'll shoot the president. <laughs> right. That will win her over. You know, I've done some stupid things to try to impress a girl, but. I never once thought, you know, if I go shoot someone, that will really... She's really going to think I'm the cat's <laughs> <Right>. pajamas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was... I remember that so well because, um, like I said, I was in middle school. We went to school from noon until 6 in the evenings because we had a split session. I remember so, that. So, yeah, so I'm in school when that news broke, and I just... We're walking through the hallways like, oh, my goodness, like, a, you know, the brand-new president has been shot, and that was just so shocking. I mean, that kind of set up his presidency for the next few years because his popularity went through the roof after that. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he's the an older guy, he, and he lives through it. Yeah, and, you know, he's... I remember they, they show the picture of him waving from his hospital room. That was, uh, that was, that was kind of amazing. Yeah, I also... I remember where I was, too. I was sitting in English class. It was in the afternoon. And they came on the announcements and announced that. My first thought was that he was dead because President Reagan's been shot. Like, and, and the first thing, yeah, you yeah. think. And, and then I immediately thought to, well, gosh, Buckwheat was also shot. <laughs> no, uh, well, I'm sorry, that happened a little bit later. Yeah, it, Buckwheat it, was shot later. Yeah, the whole which was Buckwheat a nice parody was exactly it was a parody, which they would not have done had he actually been shot and killed. But that that whole par- well, you never know. Yeah, it's like. Oh, but but that whole parody was was based on 
the Ronald Reagan walking out, getting to his, getting ready to get in his car, waving, and then getting yeah. shot. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I've been shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and CNN had just came out the year before. Is that correct? Uh, yes, nineteen eighty. CNN came out, and then this happens. They're talking about twenty four hours a day, and it just made their it spiked their yeah ratings, it made their ratings go through the roof. And the cable subscriptions went up then because I, I think that was in my mind. Uh, but I think that was the first major event during the CNN, you know, that first early year, tenure, yeah. mm-hmm. and they were really kind of capitalizing on. Um, not, I don't want to say they're capitalizing on on the shooting of Ronald Reagan, but they certainly um, that that helped them. It sure did, and and I think as Americans we start being. That's the moment we started being programmed as being on a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, you can go to um, um, your phone or to your computer or whatever. Any you get point. alerts when anything happens yes. now. You, I mean, don't, you, you know right away. You don't have to wait till 6 o'clock in the evening to find out what happened. That's right. <laughs> Crazy. Um, here's something uh, that's also interesting when it comes to that, that whole... Uh, time period um, things that we forget is that when the president was shot uh, Brady also um, yeah. was uh, you know he got shot in the head uh, with a head wound yeah kind of grazed him but it, it, crazy and, and I guess the bullets he were he was using were kind of like the exploding type and yeah. all the other bullets didn't explode but the one that hit Brady in the mm-hmm. head did explode yeah. uh, which made the damage worse and and you know, Reagan recovered from the shooting, but Brady was never the same. He no, had to, he was in a wheelchair. Slower. He had slurred speech. Yeah. Um, Whatever happened to John Hinckley? Do we know? Well, you know what? I was actually reading about it, and he's out of jail now, and he's living with his mom. That shocked me. I just assumed. Wow. You shoot the president, you're in jail for the rest of your life. Yeah, but he. I guess since he didn't kill him, he's he's but been released. Think, yeah, you would think he'd be like at least at the minimum institutionalized. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I would have thought. So, that's, do you think he still likes Jodie Foster? Do you think he's like, hey, I'm he free now? He probably sits and watches Silence of the Lambs all the time. Yeah, her puts on his lipstick. And <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? That's that's crazy. Um, here's a big event that happened: Charles and Diana get married. Yeah, that. That was a big event, and you know, looking back now, I think, why did I care? But um, you know, it's it's like, but that was they talked about that for months about this wedding upcoming, and uh-huh. I remember we had went down to visit my grandparents, and I got up early on a Saturday morning to watch it because all the networks had it. Yeah, and I got up early in the morning and and watched this wedding on TV, and I can't believe that I, you know I. I you know, looking back now that I actually got up to watch it, but it was such a big event. Yes, that you know you felt like you were missing out if you didn't. So. Yeah, I I remember it being on. I think I watched. I don't think I watched the actual wedding, but didn't they have like a parade form in the streets or something? Yeah, that I remember seeing. Yeah, um, not to be outdone, Luke and Laura also got married at <laughs> General Hospital. That wasn't another huge which wedding, we, which they talked about like. Like it was Charles and Diana. Like these crazy soap opera fans are going nuts um, over these two. Yeah, people. and I don't know that I with would. With his bad Richard Simmons. Right, slash, he did have that curly. Russell Hitchcock the, the, perm. The curly perm. And I don't know if I would have known about that, but my sister, uh, Cynthia, she was 
she watched General Hospital all the time. So well, she, you know, she's a little nuts. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, she was she she got home because you know we were in a split session. She was in high school already, so she would get home at noon and she would be there to watch the soaps all afternoon. So she probably cooked her up some pizza rolls exactly. and just kind of sat back. And, yeah, but yeah, when that happened, uh, they had that episode of General Hospital. It was actually the highest rated daytime TV show in history. I don't know if that still stands, but at the time it was. I think it, it would almost have to be, because I can't think of anything bigger since then, and I don't think... That happens on daytime TV. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there are even soaps anymore at all. I remember, very distinctly, there was a rap song. General Hospital. Yes. That's, who sang that? Uh, well, funny you should ask. That was none other than The Afternoon Delights. You want to hear a little bit? Sure. Believe it or not, that song went all the way to number 33 in 1981. Wow, that's not a song you hear on the radio anymore, is it? <laughs> that's not a song you hear anywhere anymore. No. I had to do a little bit of searching to find that one. <laughs> but we found it. Yeah. We, because we come through for our people. That's right. That's exactly I, what we do. I would not have remembered that song if it wasn't for my sister liking that show that, that soap so much. And I remember that song back then. But, man, I haven't thought about that song for years and i wish i wasn't thinking about it right now <laughs> there you go now it's in your head right if you guys know kevin he's he's a little like me where like we we like to find like the obscure songs maybe the forgotten about 80s songs i almost guarantee that if not tonight within the next few days kevin is going to go download that song <laughs> and he is going to listen to it on his free time <laughs> So, all right. <laughs> what else newsworthy in 1981 do we have? Uh, well, this is big news. It became bigger, I think, as the decade went on. But the first DeLorean was oh, built and yes. rolled off the uh, assembly line, and you know, of course, became iconic just a few years later when it was in Back to the Future. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I remember... I wanted one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> when they came out, but... It, because I remember when I was watching uh, Back to the Future, I'm like, oh, it's like, he's got a DeLorean. Like, that was amazing. And the doors that opened up, and it just oh. was like such a cool car. It so, was. It was. so futuristic. Um, Pope John Paul was also shot That's in 1981. Right. What's, That's right. Like, what's up? Let's assassinate world figures. Right. I mean, John Lennon had just been assassinated uh, a few months earlier. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Ronald Reagan and the Pope the next year, and it was just like, what is going on? Yeah. Yes. It was a crazy time. And, and if you recall, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, Anwar Sadat um, yeah. from Israel was yeah. shot. There was a, a parade going on, and, and there's an overhead, uh, planes going overhead, and while everybody's looking up, a bunch of people jumped out of a truck and shot him. Yeah. Uh, I remember coming home. Uh, from school and seeing that on the evening news and was like it was crazy just all these assassination attempts going on uh, you know in this short period of time it was it was uh it was very weird to, to yeah. see this happening which i remember when he was shot too and i was wondering why is this again i'm 14 like why is this guy being shot such, such a big deal 
Right. I did not realize he was, you know, a world leader. Right. And, yeah, th- exactly. I knew it was a big deal because they were making it sound like a big deal. But mm-hmm. until he was shot, I had never heard that name before in my life. That's crazy. But uh, but when it happened, it's like this. It's like it just seemed like there was too much of this going on in, in a short period of time. Yeah. You know? Luckily, thankfully, things calmed down a little bit. I think there's a long stretch between, like, when the Pope got shot and then when Buckwheat got shot. Yeah, it was so like three little, years. Yeah, we had a little bit of, uh, <laughs> of a break there. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was became the first uh, Supreme Court justice. First uh, female. First female, yeah. sorry, yes. Not the first one, but the first female. <laughs> so, you know, hey, good for her. Sisters are doing it for themselves. That's right. Yeah. Um, it, this was big for me. Uh, Donkey Kong was released that year. Oh, yes. Uh, which, to me, is like the greatest video game of all time and uh that was our first introduction to mario mm-hmm. although at the time he was just known as jump man uh he, he they later like evolved him into I mario he, i thought he was always mario i didn't know he was called jump man yeah he was called jump man because i jump guess he man. jumped over barrels so, oh yeah uh, okay and he looked like a plumber i'm sure joel knew this oh yeah for sure of course joel knew <laughs> um but yeah that was cool um and that led to me losing Lots and lots of quarters over the next several years. Well, you know what? It, it happens. It sure happens. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, the first Test 2 baby was born in 1981, mm. which is very strange. Even still, to me, to this day, they can you know, do that. But Yeah, so yeah it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, when I did stuff with test tubes, it was just taking two different colors of liquid and putting them in and make them change you know, in a different color. But that yeah. was about the extent of what I could do in a test tube. So. <laughs> Um, IBM released the PC, which isn't like the PC we know today. I right. know my my friend had a PC, and it just was a blank screen with the word syntax error on it. That's all I ever saw on that computer. So there was <laughs> something you were supposed to do. We I don't think we ever could figure it out. They had the computer. Who was your friend, Gary Green? Uh, no, it was John. So uh, I don't know actually, John. Gary did have one as well, um, and and. He, you know, instead of, this would be for the floppy disk. It had like a cassette tape that went with it, and you would push the record button and then type out your commands so that it would get recorded on a cassette. Like, so did you play it back? Like, was it like a voice? It no, it was like to create a program. Do but, you want to play? A <laughs> no, it wasn't that. No. no, and and again, it never worked. He worked on it for months, and then he pushed play, and nothing happened. So. Um, Forget it, this it was, crap. I'll ride my big wheel. Yeah, it was way better a few years later when, when PCs became like something that just an everyday person could figure out how to use. But uh, yeah, any idea what that first IBM PC cost? Gosh, I, w- I, know thing, I know it was like probably astronomically high. I would guess about $10,000. It wasn't that high. Um, it, yeah, I would have thought it would be, you know, you know, 5000 or so, but it was about uh, 1500 bucks. So, about yeah, the price not, of a MacBook today. <laughs> But which can do so much more, by yes, the way. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Including recording our uh, our show today. That's right. So that's good. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Nike, The Nike ad we have liftoff was 1981. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, MTV cassette sales soar while MTV is on over 250 cable stations. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. This was the year that MTV came out. And I'm telling you, that, you know, what was that August 1st? or mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much 
that point forward for the year, the goal was to sit in front of the TV as much as possible. I, I remember, and now, I, did. I did. Yeah, I didn't have uh, cable because I lived out in the country. But if I was at your house, Art's house, David's house, mm-hmm. you know, I, that was my chance to watch as much MTV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> watch as much MTV as possible. Yes. And what I thought was so neat about that is I was hearing songs and seeing artists that I had would have otherwise not seen or, or heard, you know, on, you know, the radio stations I was listening to. So it kind of broadened the 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 my Your musical, musical palette. Yes, exactly. Nice. What other newsworthy news do you have? Um this was, I remember this was pretty big was um the air traffic controllers went on strike. Yes, I remember that. And Ronald Reagan told him you have to go back to work. They were in a union. Get back to work. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, if you don't go back to work, you're going to lose your job. And and they were striking, and he, was, they, he considered this a, a national security issue because planes weren't flying. Um, so he f- fired over 11,000 air traffic controllers and had to hire all new air traffic controllers. Uh, scabs. Scabs, exactly. Uh, probably wouldn't have been a good time to take a flight, you know. It's like, no, oh, I, I think I'll be. wait for the yeah. trained people yeah. to come back. So, um, but that was pretty pretty newsworthy back in '81. Yes. Ready, good on sports. I am ready. All right. So first of all, our favorite our favorite sport, football, of course, and our favorite team won the Super Bowl. Well, maybe my favorite team, the 49ers. Beat the Cincinnati Bengals twenty six to twenty one, and what Super Bowl would that have been? And that would have been Super Bowl fourteen. Super Bowl fourteen. I'm sorry, Super Bowl sixteen. Super Bowl sixteen. Okay. Yes. So was that for the eighty one season? And they, I believe that it was. So that would have been the in the in eighty two in like January of eighty two. Uh, I believe it was January of eighty one. It's always so confusing because when it gets played, like yeah, because it's for the previous years. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Year. So the following year, it was for the '81 season. So the '81 season, so the, the season yes, that started so, in August of '81. Yes, they won in '82. So a team that we don't even give a crap about, the Raiders, were actually the Super yeah. Bowl champs. They beat the Eagles. Yeah, they were the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl, and I do recall. Marcus Allen had a good game. Yeah, and I really recall rooting hard for the Eagles because uh, the Browns got knocked out by the Raiders that year in the playoffs when Brian Sipe threw the interception in the end zone. Oh, yeah. And uh, so so my team's season came to an end, and then I had to watch that team go on to win the Super Bowl, which was kind of tough. <laughs> yes, yes. The, uh, the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, the pro football MVP that year was Ken Anderson. And... Um, this is uh, yeah. This is a little bit off because it says Marcus Allen was the Heisman Trophy winner, when in fact he was already playing for the Raiders. Yeah. at that point. So um, I guess maybe in the year nineteen eighty one, he he yeah he probably did. No, he couldn't. No, it, forget it. We're not even talking about that. <laughs> so just, who uh, who who won the championship in the NCAA uh, football? Oh, football. <laughs> Oh, the Clemson Tigers. Oh, yeah, something they, they, they're not going to do yeah, this year. No, they're not. No, that that them and their hillbilly coach Dabo Swinney. Yeah, I, I love how he decided to rank Ohio State 11th and then got blistered in the face with a two by four by them. Yeah, the Buckeyes were already out for revenge from last year's game, and then 
He just and, adds and, and fuel a few to the years fire. Before that, right? Like they they beat us four times in the in, in the history of both programs, mm-hmm. and they beat us in 1978. It's when Woody Hayes had punched a Clemson player. He got fired after that. Yeah, we didn't play them again until 2016. I believe I can't remember when it was. It yeah, was, it was it, many that was, years. Later. That was when they lost. Like. 31 to nothing. Yeah, so Clemson wins the national title in 1980, and then after that, they were like radio silent for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And and they're finally, we're good again. And it's like, during these years, Ohio State's winning Big Ten championships, national championships, all this other stuff. And so they come back again. They've risen from the ashes, and they beat us, and their fans will like pile on every time. So just, just very sweet. It was yeah. awesome that Ohio State plays in the the national championship next week, and that is and, and Clemson really, nice. really isn't. Yeah, that's really yeah. nice. <laughs> so we're happy about that. For those of you that aren't sports fans, I do apologize. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't apologize at all. We're, we're not for this. No, not for we're, the we're Buckeyes. Very, we're very happy about this. <laughs> so, um, basketball in the NBA. Uh, do you know who the champions were? I think. Was it the 76ers? Uh, no. Was it the Celtics? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and who did they beat? I believe they beat the Lakers. Okay. Because well, the, yeah, they went back and forth for a few yeah, years. Yeah, there. that was... Uh, it was four games to two. Okay. So that was that was kind of good. Um, I'm sorry, no, they, they played uh, Houston. Houston oh, Rockets. That's okay. That's they played. Okay. Uh, the MVP of the NBA that year? Larry Bird? Nope. My man. Dr. J. Julius Irving. Oh, he was I, he was awesome. Yeah, I he's the first Dr. guy J. ever saw slam dunk a basketball, and he would do it like from the foul line and leap and do it. It's like he he was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Right, right. Like he, he was our Michael yeah, Jordan. He was our hero as a kid. Yeah, and it just he had that that sweet fro. Right, it wasn't a big one, but it was just big enough that he just he just like looked cool. Yeah, and with a the nickname like Dr. J. Yeah, that was so cool. Everybody everybody wanted to be Dr. J. The basketball champions that year, Indiana Hoosiers and Coach Bobby Knight. Is that the year they went undefeated? Uh, No, they were were 26-9. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, good teams back then. Now, that game almost was delayed because Mm of Reagan getting shot, Um, but they ended up having it. Yeah, as scheduled on that Monday night, I believe. And okay, so they who did they beat? Uh, I don't know this. This um, this the site that I reference here. Yeah. Um, they don't have like the complete. I w- was that Louisville stuff. that they beat that year? Uh, we'll we'll go with that. That was uh, you know like forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to remember. Um, yeah. I, let's see here. Because you know we can stall and continue to talk about. That's right. Well, we look uh, things up. They beat um, LSU. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yep. So they beat. No, I'm sorry. They beat North Wrong. Carolina. They beat North Carolina, but they also beat LSU and Maryland on their way to. They the, beat LSU in the Final Four, and then beat North Carolina in the championship. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Boy, sorry about that, guys. If yeah, you're listening Indiana. and paying attention to us at all, <laughs> I do apologize for us being not prepared on the the laurels of Indiana basketball. 
Major League Baseball. Yes. Which had a strike for two months in the middle of the season. So this I was, was kind of like going a, to bring that up. Yes. Yeah, a strike I'm, shortened season. I'm very bitter about that strike yeah. shortened season. And do you remember who won that year? This was uh, a big matchup. Yeah. Two big yes. big market names. The, the Dodgers beat the Yankees. Yes. But here's what makes me mad. What they did was they in the middle of the season they had a strike. So instead of picking up where they left off, they had a winner of the first half against the winner of the second half in the playoffs. Now, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. That's as right. Are I you. remember this. They had the best record in all of baseball and did not go to the playoffs. That's I had forgotten about that. I remember that was the uh, they worst. had that banner held up said best record in baseball, but because of the way they did it, yeah. First half versus second half. That's right. They got left out with they the did. best record in baseball. Yes. That I had that forgotten is about awful. that. Awful. Mm, that now I'm mad. <laughs> Me too. I'm still fired up. It's 40 years later, <laughs> daggone, and I'm mad. Ugh. Rookie of the year that year was Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, wow, yeah. He was a, he was a good pitcher. He would, like, kind of look up look, to the heavens. Yeah, kind of close his out eye. of shape, but, man, the guy could throw. Yeah. Um, the MVP of the National League was Mike Schmidt. Oh, third baseman for the Phillies. Uh-huh. Uh, the rookie of the year was former Columbus Clipper Dave Rigetti. Oh wow! Yep. And here's a funny thing: the the American League MVP was Raleigh Fingers. He was still around. He was a he was a relief pitcher for the <sighs> Milwaukee Brewers and was the MVP. That is, you you wouldn't see that today. That's yeah no. That's just insane. That's crazy. Um, and then a couple other things I want to start adding to our discussion. Um, the uh, the National Wrestling Alliance champion was Nature Boy Ric Flair. He won his first title in 1981. The WWF champion was Bob Backlund, who was not nearly as cool as Ric Flair. And who did Ric Flair beat? Harley Race. Okay. So A person that I've never heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he was uh, he was like uh, he did not he looked more like a truck driver than a wrestler. Okay. And, uh, you know. But I do remember Ric Flair. I remember that name. Everybody very well. remembers yeah. Ric Flair. The Nature Boy. All right. So, got anything else in sports? Nope. Perfect. We were going to take a, a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the cool stuff. That's the movies, the music, and TV of 1981. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. And now we're going to talk about the top. TV shows of 1981. Kevin, any guess what the number one TV show in 1981 was? Uh, was it Dallas? You are correct, sir. <laughs> so, uh, we, we were talking about this a couple different times on this podcast, how it, there's not a lot to talk about. Everybody knows the show. You know, it takes place in Dallas, the Ewing family are oil tycoons. Everyone knows who shot Jr. It was just such a it, it was a cultural phenomenon uh, because it was such a highly rated show for you know a, a good four or five years. But we can't every week sit here and talk about Dallas. So yeah, I never really watched the show. I know that that big cliffhanger was that he got shot, and there was all this speculation about who did it, and there was a song that got released called oh, "Who yeah. Shot Jr." Yeah. By um, Gary Burbank. Was that who it was? Mm-hmm. From uh, from WLW. Oh, I yeah. did not know he did that. He did. Um, 
And I don't know who shot Jr. I mean, I should probably know this, but Kristen. Kristen. Okay, I don't even yeah. know that name. Um, I, I remember a few people's name from the show. Larry Hagman obviously was the, the big one because he was Jr. But yeah, um, wasn't really a show I watched. I, to me, it was just a soap opera in the evening versus in the afternoon. Pretty um, much, and a little I just, higher budget. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. About it. Um, but I was more into like. The comedies, the sitcoms, you know, and, oh, yeah. and so I just didn't really. Yeah, like watch who cares this much. about you, stupid Dallas show? Right. <laughs> Patty watched it. My mom watched it, but it was on after Dukes of Hazard, so you know, I was, she just left it on, right? Yeah, because it was like Friday night. Like she would do that, so like we would go down and you know, play Atari or do mm-hmm. something. Yeah, <laughs> just something that wasn't watching Dallas. Right, exactly. So um, yeah, that's it on Dallas. Number two, sixty minutes. It's a news show. Who cares? It's uh, still on now. Again, it's a show I didn't watch. Now that was on Sunday evenings, right? Yeah. So we always went to church Sunday evenings. So I never really saw it. I and, didn't. Either. And if I had been home, I wouldn't have been watching that. I would have been watching like the Disney. You know, movie of the week. Right, exactly. Yep. Uh, Number three is a good show Uh, The Jeffersons. Oh, yeah. This is a great show. Yeah, I watched The Jeffersons. Um, That was, you know, a sitcom. They kind of were cutting edge because they had had an interracial couple that that lived on the same floor as them in the apartment. Yep. Kind of talked about some, some serious issues sometimes. It wasn't always. Goofy. They try to tackle some tough yeah. subjects, um, and uh, yeah, I always, I always like that show. Yeah. So, uh, from what you said there, I know Norman Lear was a producer. He had a he had a good way. He did it with all in the family too, to bring up uh, a sensitive or um, you know what could be controversial issues, but wrap them around comedy. Mm-hmm. So you know, not really downplaying those issues but make us kind of look at them and think but at the same time laugh together yeah and it, exactly it was Not, an art yeah I'd tell you what definitely uh, watching those shows as we know jefferson's was a spinoff of all in the family as was maude um but they uh it was it, it just had a, a good way and you know when you think about all in the family the way they portrayed archie bunker is this bigot mm-hmm. this you know this jerk of a man that you know was you know, they would use like uh, racial slurs and things like that. The funny part was, uh, a Carol O'Connor who played Archie Bunker was married to an African American woman. Was he really? Yes, he was. Huh. Wow. <laughs> so that was that, that was that was kind of neat. So yeah, the Jeffersons. Uh, was it, we watched it pretty much when it was on. It was a yeah. good show. Uh, speaking of of good uh, '80s sitcoms, uh, the number four show uh, was Three's Company. Oh yeah. That's a great show. So that, that that show holds up. Yeah, and this was later on in the. This was like new. He had new roommates at this point. It wasn't. Uh, no, I think I think he had Chrissy up until like eighty eighty two season. Okay, and then like one year a piece of the next two. Okay, the the, the different blogs. Yeah, because I think the, I think the fir- the original cast was like the first three seasons. Okay, okay, and then it would moved on. Okay. So. But yeah, uh, if you haven't seen Three's Company, lived under a rock, maybe in the eighties. Um, Jack Tripper uh, is played by John Ritter. He's a single guy. He's needing an apartment. He moves in with two single women, and they let their landlord, Mister Roper, think that he's gay, 
So no hanky-panky would be going yeah, on. which nothing was going on. No. But because he was old-fashioned, he thought there's no way that a guy could live with two girls and not yes. have something going on. So, yes. so he always had to pretend to be gay when he was around, right. which was like the running joke on the show. So, And, and sometimes he would like flutter his eyelashes and stuff like that <laughs> around him or, or wink at Mr. Roper, who would just kind of feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, they would hang out the Regal Beagle. And uh, it, it just it, it was it was a good show. We we enjoyed it. Um, the the thing that made it so successful was the fact that um, um, they they had misunderstandings. All the show was basically on mis, one misunderstanding after another, culminating with a solution at the end of the right, episode. Right. Kind of like the the I Love Lucy formula, uh, which a lot of that show was misunderstandings, which. You know, brought a lot of laughs. So yeah. That was a good one. Uh, the number five show uh, in 1981 was Alice. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think of Alice as a 70s mm-hmm. type show, So, but it was still around in 81. It was still mm-hmm. around, yeah. Alice actually ran um, 1976 to 1985. Oh, wow, that ran for a really long time. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's like you don't think about that, but it did. And it's, uh, you know, it was... Again, another show my mom watched. I didn't. I remember it. I I, I watched. It a little. I watched it quite a bit. I you know you remember kind of like the characters in it. Yeah. Um, the flow that said "Kiss my grits" and yeah. and Mel, which was the owner of the diner, who was kind of gruff. That was Vic Tayback, I think. Very is, good. Is that right? yeah. I'm impressed. Um, Philip McKeon was on that show, uh-huh. which was the late Philip McKeon. That's right. He died. Yeah, he died. About a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah, I think I think I do remember hearing that. Yeah. Uh, which was Nancy McKeon's brother, brother, which was on Facts of Life, and she Correct. was the one that played Joe. Yeah. Um, and then Alice, I don't remember who. Linda Lavin. Linda Lavin. Yeah. yeah. But then there is the third one. I think it was Rita. She was kind of like the ding baddie one, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember it coming I on where she's got a bunch of straws in her hand and they just kind of go, go everywhere. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it was it was kind of. Uh, Silly, I, I couldn't tell you one single episode of what happened now, but I couldn't either. But they, yeah, but I watched it several times. And they and somehow made a diner in New Mexico a hit show for all those years. <laughs> somehow, somehow, <laughs> only only in the seventies and eighties can that happen. So I tell you what, we'll we'll hit the top, the rest of the top ten here real quick. Dukes of Hazard, number six, yeah, uh, tied with Too Close for Comfort. Yeah, that was. Uh, I like Too Close for Comfort. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe because... Monroe! Exactly. <laughs> night. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Sorry. He he was awesome. Uh, he was. And he just always seemed so gruff. And then, I can't remember... Uh, well, Monroe, yeah. Monroe was like this just annoying... Next door neighbor yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and uh, just a little bit over the top. Kind of reminds you a little bit of George Michael from Wham. He did. Kind of had that same hair. Yeah, and... Uh, I remember one particular episode where uh, Ted Knight is trying to open up a bag of chips, and, and he just can't. And it explodes. He couldn't get it open. Couldn't get it open. And so Monroe takes it out of hands, lays it down, smacks it with his hand, and pops it open, and hands it back to him. And he just, you can just see him just like boiling, kind of like he is in Caddyshack, which is like I can't stand this guy. So. Spawning. <laughs> oh, Ted Knight was one of the great, great, he, great. He was awesome. Great character actors of of the seventies and eighties. Awesome. He was. He was. He was great. Uh, let's see, uh, the number eight show, ABC Monday Night Movie. Oh, okay. So, back in case you, again, back in the 80s, they would have these made-for-TV movies, very, you know, 
usually these TV show actors would play these usually dramas, and uh, they would have them on Monday nights or whatever, and uh, that was that was the entertainment. Yeah, maybe if I'd heard one of the titles, I may have seen it, but uh, probably not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember any of them. Um, it used to be called the, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, and then uh, they they changed it later. If, if it was the Monday Night Movie, I probably wasn't watching it because I was probably watching Monday Night Football. Well, you know what? It was it was only on after football season was over because it was oh, on ABC. Oh, really? Also. Okay, yeah. so they didn't. Which watch. the number eleven show was Monday, Monday Night Football. Night football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mash was number nine, and One Day at a Time was number ten. Wow. So yeah. So that's that's TV in a nutshell. 1981, we only had three channels, and maybe that's why shows like Alice endured. <laughs> right. Because on the other two channels, maybe Joni Loves Chachi, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm not watching this crap, I'm watching Alice. Right. So, there it was. So, uh, now we're going to go into um, movies of 1981. And uh, one thing that we... Well, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll first go through the movies, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about this other stuff here. So, um, the the top five movies of 1981. Are do you have them there, Kevin? I think I do. I'm not positive. Depending on how our lists go, go right? Ahead, go ahead and start with number one. I have Raiders of the Lost Ark as number one. That's what I have okay. as well. So, did you ever? You saw this. I saw this. I did not see it in the movies, movie theater in 81. I didn't I, either. I did not go to the movies until 82. Um, up until that point, you know, my parents always thought, they'd always been raised that going to the movies was a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so I had not went. My sister was just, she was dating Art by this point, so they were starting to go to the movies so they kind of loosened up. And the Tom next and Sharon were probably praying for him the whole time. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh dear Jesus, they're going to the movies. <laughs> uh, so, so it was '82 when I actually got to go to a movie for the first time. But I have seen these movies since then on VHS or, or whatever. Or own them at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, I love that Great movie. Adventure. Oh my so, goodness. So, you didn't go to the movies till '82. Was E.T. your first movie? No, it was my second. Uh, what, uh, what was your first? Rocky Three. Oh yeah. And I went with Art at Great Southern um, at the, the Lowe's Mall Theater. Theater. Yes, Heck yes. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because I went there to see my first movie, and then a few years later, we're having church there, right? Yes. <laughs> because, the theater shut down, so we rented the theater out for church. Right. Uh, our building was getting built. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, uh, yeah, that was my first movie was Rocky Three, and then my second was E.T. in Washington D.C. when we went on that youth trip. Yes, um, but Raise the Lost Ark, that that whole series, I I love. I, I mean, do too. Uh, just one of my favorites of yep. of the entire decade. Number two was On Golden Pond, starring Henry Fonda, Jane Fonda, Catherine Hepburn. I have never seen that movie. I did. Did you <laughs> in like the it? theater? Really? Yes. Did you go with your grandparents? Or? No, I don't remember how the setup happened, but I think it was maybe me and Art and maybe <laughs> like Julie Gwynn and Suzette Yuska. Did you misunderstand what the movie was about? I, I must have. I don't I don't know how I ended up going in there and seeing that. Like like we weren't dating Suzette and Julie at all. They were like sisters to us. Yeah. So we went to see this movie 
and uh, it was surprisingly not terrible. He's kind of he's got dementia or whatever, right? He's starting to lose his mind I, a little bit. I don't know if he's losing his mind as much as he's just getting old. Okay, he's just really getting old, and, and uh, I think if, again. I haven't seen it since then, yeah. so obviously it's nothing that's made me want to go back and watch it twice. <laughs> but it, it seems to me like when, uh, as he's getting older, he was gruff, and then, you know, Jane Fonda, who is his real-life daughter, played his daughter in the movie, and I think they had a, 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 a conflict at some point in the movie, and he kind of understood her, and she understood him a little mm-hmm. bit better. And uh, it's just... Okay. One golden pump. Well, that's a good, good summary of the movie. So yeah, I don't have to it's go about old watch people. it now. Yeah. So number three, what do you got? Uh, was it Superman two? That's what I got. Okay. Superman two. You believe a man can fly? So let's see. That was still uh, Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. Who was the? Was this the one with Richard Pryor? Um, I don't. Or was that the third one? I think it was the third one. Okay. This one with Gene Hackman was Lex Luthor. Okay. And I think Ned Beatty was his sidekick. Okay. And uh, I don't remember as much about two and three, even though I saw them back then. Um, they kind of run they, together they, they a little run bit. Together. Don't they? They're kind of like the Star Wars movies. It's like I could I could remember like certain things that happened, but like if you ask me, okay, was that in Return of the Jedi? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I know one is so. where he kind of goes bad, but I'm not sure why. And like he goes into a bowling alley, a guy's getting a bowl of strike, and he blows all the pins over. Yeah, uh, I don't <laughs> because know he why. can. I, mean, I don't know why I remember that, but uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that was one, two, or three. But I, and I know it was a Superman movie. Yes. Um, number four, Arthur Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli. Yes. So. I only know of this movie. I've never seen it. I only know of this movie because this was the first one that Art and Cynthia went to at the theater. Really? On a date, and because he's Art, they went and saw Arthur. So. And he always hated Arthur's theme. Yeah. Well, that's a good song. I like it. I like it, but Art, he back then he used to hate it. And it, I remember at his, his daughter Miranda's wedding, I was the DJ, and... I brought him forward to, to say the prayer for the food, and I'm playing that as he's walking up. I think he was so nervous. He didn't even pay attention. He didn't pay attention and beat me up. Because <laughs> he, he's bigger than I am, and, and he can. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, Arthur's theme. But, yeah, I, I you know, honestly, I hadn't even seen this movie until maybe six months ago. Did you like it? It was okay. Yeah, there was bad. a there was remake like, of it, wasn't there? Or? Yeah, there was with... Um, uh, Russell Brand? Russell Brand, yes. Yeah. I never saw that. Him and Jonah Hill were in it. Okay. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't think, think I made it. No, maybe I just saw it advertised. Maybe I didn't yeah. see it. I, I got it. It, it. That's how bad it is. I can't even remember if I saw it or not. Yeah, I think I there know. were three, two other sequels to it, which I watched oh. also, and they got progressively worse. Mm. And... Um, but you know Arthur's theme, the song was you know still a good eighties yeah, tune, I like little, this one. little yacht rock for you. It's a good <laughs> one. Uh, and then number five, Stripes. Ah, Stripes. That was a classic. Oh yes, Bill Murray, John Candy. Oh my good, that Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yes, and uh, I remember the the girl that uh, P J. 
I can't remember her last name, but she played Bill Murray's, one of their love interests. I can't remember which one, but she was adorable. She was in Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that movie, and I, and if that comes on, I'll still watch that, just because oh, yeah. he is such a down-on-his-luck guy at the beginning. Nothing's going right for him. Yep. Uh, he Does he join the Army voluntarily, or is he going to go to jail if he doesn't? I can't remember. And he's going to go to jail if he doesn't. So he joins. He and has, he, he, he tricks Harold Ramis <laughs> to join in with him. Yeah, he has no interest in being plan. there. Um, but he you know, ends up doing okay for himself there. Yeah, I, I like that movie a lot. There's yeah. some great, great one-liners in that movie. And PJ Souls is the girl I was thinking PJ of. Souls. Just look her up, you guys. She's just next door, girl next door cute. So, yeah. So that's the top five movies of 1981. So a new feature we wanted to talk about here is um, the uh, the Oscar Awards for 1981. Okay. The best Picture and so forth. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you. You may okay. not know. Totally on the spot. Yeah. You're not expected to know any of these, but maybe you do. Okay. Who won the Oscar for Best Actor in 1981? Well, since you said on Golden... Pond, was, I'm going to say Peter Fonda. Uh, you're thinking about Henry Fonda. Or Henry Fonda. <laughs> and no. <laughs> it was uh, Robert De Niro for Raging Bull. Oh, okay. Which is a black and white movie about, you know, it's a boxing movie. Yeah. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, let's see. Um, how about a Best Supporting Actor? Um... I do not know. You wouldn't know this one. I wouldn't have known it. Uh, Timothy Hutton for Ordinary People. Oh. Never saw that movie. No, me neither. Now, this best or lead actress, I, I have seen this movie many times. So, see if you know who this is. Lead actress. Um, 1981. Would this be who played in On Golden Pond? Jane Fonda or, or the old Catherine lady. Hepburn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not her either. Okay, no. <laughs> I should give up on guessing on Golden Pond. Apparently. You might. Uh, the best actress was uh, Sissy Spacek in Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, okay. My mom loved that movie, and so we saw it many times. I don't think and, I've ever and, seen uh, it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie. Uh, you don't have to like country music to like the movie. And here's one I never ever ever would have guessed: the best actress in a supporting role. Mary Steenburgen in Melvin and Howard. Now I know who she is. Yeah, she's but married I don't, to Ted Danson. But Melvin and Howard, I've I have never heard of that movie. So who in the world knows what that you know what that even <laughs> was? Um, best original song in a movie. Now this could be Arthur's theme. Uh, you know what? It was not even nominated. Oh wow! Yes. Uh, fame. Oh By yeah, Henry that Cara. was that was a big hit back then. Nine to five, also. I was, was going to say, I'm, yeah, my second guess would have been nine to five. So it was nominated but didn't win. Right. Okay. Um, On the road again by Willie Nelson. Mm. Uh, and uh, let's see, um, best picture. Uh, on Golden Pond. No, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly. Oh, ordinary people. Uh, yes. Yes, I don't know what was a, what, about that movie people loved. I've, I've never seen either. it, I've never but seen it. I, I barely remember it even being a movie. But the the other nominees were Coal Miner's Daughter, okay, The Elephant Man, oh yeah, Raging was... Bull, and Tess. 
I don't remember Tess, but I do remember the Elephant Man and, and Raging Bull. I've seen both of those. Yeah. So, um, and just to um, satisfy your curiosity, the following year on Golden Pond won, Catherine Hepburn won for Best Actress, uh, Henry Fonda won for Best Actor, <laughs> and um, let's see, what was the best movie that year? Chariots of Fire. Oh. But we'll talk all about this in a couple weeks in right. 1982, <laughs> so those of you that listen to this show then will already be... Ahead of the curve just a bit. <laughs> so that was movies for 1982. Um, now, it's... Kevin and I are, are just big music nerds. Yeah, buddy. We, we admit it. I don't, I'm not afraid to say that at all. Um, so we're going to talk about the, um, the, the top songs of uh, 1981. Before we do that... Um, why don't we talk about the Grammy Awards for that year? Uh, like, who won the Grammys for, you know, whatever you won the Grammys for. So, Kevin, do you know what the song of the year was? Uh, Betty Davis Eyes. You are correct. All right. I had a feeling you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, we... we uh, for those of you guys that don't know, Kevin and I have been friends since... Uh, I, I met Kevin when I was seven years old. Um, we went to church together. So Kevin's a year younger than me, so it would have made him six. I didn't really know him as well then, but we know each other over the years, and you know now he's one of my best friends. But um, one thing, one bond that we've always had, we've always just been huge music nerds, like I said. So I remember, remember this. Uh, one night we met at the library, and we were copying... Uh, music charts out of Billboard magazine. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's how, Back before we had the internet. Yeah, was... you couldn't just go to Billboard.com <laughs> or you couldn't just Google stuff and get answers. But So when uh, when I throw these at Kevin and he knows them already, um, that's just because he just knows. <laughs> so. Now I'll probably miss the rest of the questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, album of the year. Um... This is a little trickier one. I, I I don't think I would have guessed this one right off. If I was given a multiple choice out of these, I, I you might be able I to get maybe it. Maybe guessed it. Um. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, Double Fantasy. Oh, John Lennon, Yoko Ono. Yeah. Um, I should have gotten I, that. I think a lot of this is probably because it was posthumously after his death. Yeah. Um, it was you know that that didn't happen then. Um, what about Best New Artist? Uh, Sheena Easton. You got it. Uh, let's see here. Um, how about Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals? It's a little trickier. Yeah. Um, so this is a group? This is a group. Uh, The Police? No. This is a song. Best performance. I'll let you off the hook. Okay. Boy from New York City by the Manhattan oh, Transfer. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, best best rock vocal performance female. Uh, Pat Benatar. Yes. The song. Um, Fire and Ice. Yes, you are good. Um, best rock vocal performance male. 
And I should I should have rock and air quotes here. <laughs> oh, uh, Rick Springfield. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with Jesse's girl. And uh, let's see. So here, here's a here's a good one. Probably my best my favorite song on this list we have here. Best rock performance by a duo or group with vocal. Kind of got it in there. Yeah, the police. Yep. Don't stand so close to me. You got it. So yeah, those are the Grammy Award winners that year, and uh, I I don't know about you, but I used to watch the Grammys every year. Do you watch it ever anymore? I don't even turn it on. It's no. going to be on like next week or the week after because I was watching football the other day, and they they had like these you know these people on there like featuring all these no name people that are flashing the pans that I've yeah. never heard of. So I'm like, no, I'm not it even would, gonna turn it in. It would be fun to go back and watch the Grammys from the eighties now. They because, should show those. Yeah, that would be you great to I'll, see. I'll bet like if if ABC is is holding the Grammys and, and CBS opposite at the same time show the Grammys from nineteen eighty four or nineteen eighty one, I bet those the viewing Grammys audience would be up because Yeah, I think the music was better. I would love to see those. I mean they're Oh, that would be seeing the way they're dressed and and uh, seeing them perform those songs. You know, that would oh, be awesome. That would be the best. That would be the best. All right, so now we are going to top count down the top five songs of uh, 1981, and we're going to start with number five. Number five. The number five song for all of 1981 is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Yeah, this is an awesome song. Uh, this was kind of, I think this was kind of my introduction to Rick Springfield. Into uh, rock and roll, apparently. Into rock and roll, because he was the rock and roll artist of the year. Um, he was on a soap opera, maybe General Hospital. It was definitely, he played Dr. Noah Drake oh. on General Hospital. And then made the switch over to, to music and, and, and movies. And tore and it up. Yeah, he's he's had a very successful career. I know that he he personally was not overly happy about his, his, his legacy. Uh, he always considered himself more of a serious rock and roller, but like the label and everybody is saying, hey, you sing these songs and this style and this pop. So he became you know more known for his good looks than he was for his music, which was largely dismissed as teeny bopper. Yeah. But you know what? I I'll sit here like during my work day and like my station here. I have I've got like this uh, six foot long table that I have, and I've got my my home computer here that I'm in front of and then I slide down to the other end of the desk and my work computer is there. So I'm listening to music all day long. And a few weeks ago I was listening to uh, Rick Springfield's Greatest Hits. One song after another after another. Like that was some good music. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm more of a like a rock and roll guy. I, I like uh, edgier stuff typically. But uh, something about Rick Springfield is just the songs are always good, always delivered well. Like he may not have liked them, but I do. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I like a lot of his songs. Now, I heard this. I was listening to Sirius XM. This might have been two years ago. Now I'm not sure, but 
Jesse's Girl was not the original name of the song. Really? It was Gary's Girl. And I, so, and they said it just didn't flow right, which... I don't see the difference. It's a two-syllable name. <laughs> so mean, so they changed it from Gary to Jesse, and I don't... Yeah, and why Jesse? Because uh, yeah. Jesse could also be a girl. Right, name. that was always confusing. I was like, wait, Jesse's girl, I'm like... Jesse's is Jesse like, is she a girl? lesbian? Right. I was <laughs> like, I don't, I'm confused. <laughs> Gary's girl would have made it very plain for me to understand. Well, it's it's a guy that <laughs> named yeah. Gary, um, but yeah, Jesse's girl was always a little bit confusing of a name. So. I always thought that it would have been kind of a neat twist if a girl would have sung it, and wish that I was Jesse's girl. <laughs> there you go. Could it, ladies that are out there struggling because music in your generation is terrible. Maybe you should, if you can sing, maybe sing Jesse's Girl. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, number five was Jesse's Girl. Number four. The number four song uh, for 1981 was Just Like Starting Over from John Lennon. Um, yeah, this was kind of the irony of this, right? It's, it's, it's a song about starting over and spending time with his wife, and it comes out, what, right after he dies just before, or just before, before he dies? I remember buying this this 45, the single. Before he had died? Uh-huh. Hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting listening to those lyrics, and it's it's all about you know he's finally got time for his wife, and then he he dies. So yeah, uh, kind of a little bit of a bittersweetness to that song. But yeah, it's, I've always liked that song a lot. Yeah, me too. It has a had a fifties sound. He was going for like a fifties the fifties music he grew up on, uh, kind of that that crooning kind of a sound. Good tune. Yeah. Um, all these years later, I hear it. I don't like it like I did back then. In fact, like it'll come up on a playlist or something, and I'll kind of skip by it a lot mm. of times. Sometimes I'll listen and think it is a good song, but it's just not something that you know, just grabs me like it used to. Yeah, it's lost a little bit of luster for you over the years. It has. Um, you know, no disrespect to John Lennon, but Paul McCartney was always my favorite Beatle. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I, I could listen to almost anything Paul McCartney used to do. His voice is kind of shot now, but. Um, but yeah, back in those days, uh, I, I really liked this a lot. Um, you know, again, one of the biggest news stories of the '80s was the death of John Lennon. So yeah, kind of like you said, sort of bittersweet. But it's our it's our number four song. Number three, lady. For so many years, I thought I'd never find you. And for some reason, the number three song for 1981 was Lady by Kenny Rogers. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of good things in 1981 that happened. Um, this probably isn't one of them. There's, there's, I mean, if you look at the top 100 songs from 1981, there's a lot of songs that I would have put in before this one. Uh, and, and I don't think it's kind of stood the test of time. No. 
again, it'll come on because you know I make playlists, and one of them is the top 100 songs of 1981, and that'll come on, and I'll just skip right by it. it. Yeah. Now, do, no disrespect to Kenny Rogers, the man oh. knew how to make some chicken. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> and and you know, if you listen to some of his songs, uh, good storyteller like The Gambler, Reuben James, some of those Coward of the County, Coward of the County. You know, he's a good storyteller. I mean, his voice isn't terrible. But this song is so... It's really... Yeah, yeah it's really slow. And I, um, I, how how in the world is this the third most popular song? I don't know. I didn't like it when it was out. I don't like it today. Yeah, this was one of the issues with the early 80s was you had a little bit of disco carryover. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of country crossover. Some of the country crossover was good, like Juice Newton had Eddie, Eddie Rabbit. Lorraine, Eddie Rabbit. Little Ronnie Millsap. I had um, some of that There were some Alabama. good, yeah, but, but this particular one um, wasn't something that I was no, crazy about. No, it wasn't. About. Yeah, the whole Urban Cowboy era brought great commercial success to a lot of country people. And they, like you said, they did cross over, and I, I, I never got the fascination of this song. My only guess... Was that like the the middle aged housewives bought a lot of Kenny Rogers albums? <laughs> yeah, maybe like, you know he had that silver fox thing going on there and in his beard. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's how. Like it's the only way I can explain how Air Supply had a such a tremendous career. Or you know these weren't dudes that you hang out with. They're not listening to Air Supply and Kenny Rogers. So. Right. So there's not a lot we're going to talk about there, but, you know, there it is, lady. Number two. Oh, yes, you will always be my endless love. Number two. Endless Love by <laughs> Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. This song's terrible. All of a I sudden... Lo- I, I, yeah. I love Lionel Richie. He is a treasure. Diana Ross, she is there with Cher and Barbara Streisand to me. I just can't. Like, when she was with the, the Supremes back in the 60s, good harmonies, nice upbeat whatever. This song is hot trash. Yeah, I... I am not a fan of this song uh, or the movie that it comes from. Um, no. Yeah, it's really a shame because, uh, again, there's some really good songs from 81, and, and unfortunately this song, either because of the movie or... It's the stinking or, or, housewives or, or because buying of the, this stuff. None of my friends like this song. Yeah. Except, you know, David Yuskamate doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he would probably ball up his fist and punch me for saying that. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, it was too. two big superstars singing it, but yeah. that doesn't make it a good song. No, uh, Lionel Richie. This is his first uh, his first ever uh, song he sung without the Commodores. And this actually, this song springboarded him into a very successful solo career. So he really became a household name. And, you know, the star power here, like you said, tremendous. Mm-hmm. But the song is not. No. So we aren't going to spend any more time talking about that. <laughs> Number one.
and the number one song for 1981 by Miss Kim Carnes, Betty Davis Eyes. Yeah, now I do like this song, uh, and it's this was like one of the you know one of the very memorable songs of the 80s. And uh-huh. what's interesting is she doesn't necessarily have the greatest voice. She's got a really raspy very voice. Very raspy, yeah. But that. But kind it works. Of, that kind of makes it better. Yeah. That very, yeah. Um, yeah, I like this song a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it was written by Donna Weiss and Jackie D. Shannon. It was, it was actually originally um, supposed to go to, I want to say Cher, uh, mm. was, was, they originally pitched it to, and she didn't, she didn't want to sing it. And, and I'm glad uh, she didn't. Yeah, because she would have ruined it. Cause yeah. She's awful too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would imagine I probably would not like that song if it was sung by Cher. I, I wouldn't it's, either. It's definitely the voice of Kim Carnes that kind of sells it. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, yes, I agree. Um, it was it was number one, I believe, for six consecutive weeks. Wow. Um, and it was, I'm sorry, uh, twelve weeks. Wow, really? <laughs> yes. Um, it was a huge hit. Um, every time you turn the radio on, this would this would be there, and uh, you know, more power to Kim Carnes, man. She had a tremendous hit with this song. So now that we've gone through that, there are several songs in the top 100 songs for 1981 that were good. Yeah, I mean, look at some of these. Number seven was "Kiss on My List." By Hollow Notes, great pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Keep on loving you by Ario Speedwagon. Uh, that was a good one. Um, and I, I failed. I was going to talk about also the the top five albums of 1981. Uh, number five, Crimes of Passion by Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. Number four, Christopher Cross's debut album. Number three, Kenny Rogers' Greatest Hits. By the housewives. <laughs> uh, number two was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Double Fantasy, but the number one album of 1981, according to sales and Billboard magazine, mm-hmm. is High Infidelity mm. by Ario Speedwagon. And I, I tell you what, when I remember getting this because our church had used to have these skating parties, and this one was at Laces Roller Rink out on the east side of Columbus, and we lived southwest in Grove City, so it was quite a haul and I think my mom picked a bunch of us up and brought us to the skating party so she did some shopping while we were skating and I gave her some of my paper route money like hey could you go buy this album for me really yes <laughs> and I got got back in the car and she got it which is kind of funny because she's very conservative and the cover has got a lady in like a bra you know putting on lipstick and it, you know it's pretty provocative looking especially at 14 I don't remember if she even mentioned it so I don't know if she didn't notice it or if she just trying to or your mom just really cool (laughs) my mom is pretty cool (laughs) so yeah that that that's one what are some of the some of the songs there that you you see on here well I mean Celebration was I think the number six song of the year which you know you can't go to a wedding without hearing that or you know anytime someone wins a championship of some sort that song's gonna play yeah so that one certainly is is big. Um, now, a personal favorite of mine, I've always liked "Angel of the Morning," 
and mm-hmm. it just got. Have you ever seen Deadpool? Yes. It just got better when <laughs> yes. the opening scene in slow motion. Slow, yeah, in slow motion, and they're playing Angel of the Morning. That, to me, that's one of the best openings that of a movie classic. of all time. Yes, man. Um, yeah, the 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 director or producer ever made that movie said that was the song he had in his mind when he was creating that movie was he, really? he wanted to play that over the opening sequence so i, I that is that. funny <laughs> it, i mean it did set the tempo for the movie like you don't know what you're going to expect here that's funny um being with you by Smokey robinson was on several rob fought love mixed yeah i know you liked uh, i know you're a big Smokey robinson fan oh yeah I love Smokey. Um, the police had an album out. They had the do 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 da 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 da, which I love. They had don't stand so close to me, which neither one were very high in the top one hundred. But I mean, you hear those all the time. That, still, that Zenyatta Mandata album might be my favorite police oh, album. It's great. It's a great album. Um, just the two of us, mm. Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Withers. Yeah, such uh, Bill Withers has got such a smooth song. You know, we we remember him from Lean on Me. Um, but we don't really always think of him singing this because Grover Washington Jr. is the one that's billed. He's not even singing on it. He produced it, did a musical arrangement, mm. played played music on it. Um, so that was a big one. Um, I Love You by Climax Blues Band. Oh, yeah. Which was playing earlier. Uh, here's a little side note. Um, we're in the same fantasy football league together, and, and Kevin won the league, and we had to do like a, a sort of like a trash-talking video. <laughs> And I did notice there was music in the background, and this song is playing. And I'm like, oh, we should probably turn this off and kind of ruin the effect of your trash talking there. Yeah, with I Love You uh, playing in the background. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's a good one. Um, Ooh, number 22 song, Kevin, your favorite. Oh, yes. Sukiyaki by <laughs> A Taste of Honey. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. It's like... I love this song. Yeah, I was kind of trashing it, and Rob's like, oh, this is a great song. I love this song. <laughs> like, how could you not love this song? I'll have to go back and listen to it. You, you've influenced you know me. What? I'll have to go back and check it out. Let's give it a little listen right now. But you That reminds me of couple skating, man. I could just I could see myself going around the rink, you know, holding hands with a girl singing that song. You know, that's a song I don't actually remember from the eighties, but when I hear countdowns from the eighties now, well, especially eighty one, that's the only time they would play it. Those just you know, about. those few weeks when it was popular or whatever. Um, I hear that and I'm like, mm, I just this doesn't resonate with me, so. But. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's one of those guilty pleasures, you know. <laughs> the, the the songs kind of like Afternoon Delight. I can't explain why I like that song. Like, I'm a Van Halen fan. Like, why do I like that song? Oh, right. <laughs> it just doesn't make just, any sense. So, what are some more years there? Uh, well, I'll tell you, two, my two probably favorite Christmas songs from the '80s both came out in '81. Okay, so uh, Christmas. Is the time to say I love you by Billy oh, Squire came out in eighty one. Great one, and Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. That which that's like my, I love. Yeah, you know and in me. fact, they even make a reference to eighty one in that song. They they talk about how you know throughout the year they're trying to get together, and she says most of eighty one passed along those lines, meaning most of eighty one she had trouble connecting with this guy she was trying to go out on a date with. So, um, so yeah, t- two awesome eighties uh, Christmas songs came out in eighty one. Nice. 
Um, Best of Times by Sticks. Oh yeah, I, I remember buying that 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 forty five. That was a good one. That was the number thirty song. Yeah, and um, also along that lines, uh, Too Much Time on My Hands. Oh both, yeah, that both was a good one. That was number fifty four. So yeah, Best of Times was much Take higher. it Take it on the Run by Ario Speedwagon was in nineteen eighty one. And I'm assuming that was off. Love that song. Yes, High Infidelity. High Infidelity. Yeah. That that's a that album's great. Beginning to end. That's a good one. Um. On the countryside, again, somebody that I don't understand, but Ronnie Millsap, There's No Getting Over Me. <laughs> I like that song. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's a, I mean, seems like pure country, but it was on the pop charts. It sure was. Uh, Passion by Rod Stewart. Oh, I yeah. Love, I still love that song. That's a cool yeah. song. His songs, his music in that era, I think, was just amazing. Um, how did you feel about Nine to Five by Dolly Parton? Uh, I hate it like a bad rash. <laughs> yeah, I, you've uh, made references to that before. That I is cannot. not a song you like at Her all. Her fluttery little butterfly voice <laughs> and that stupid little piano, and I, I just, I despise that. Song. Did, did you ever see that movie? Yeah, movie's not so terrible. I've never seen that movie. I know. Diana, my wife, she likes it a lot. I've never seen it, so I, I need to watch that sometime. Yeah, it, it, it's one that you're not gonna like. Just be enamored with, but at the same time, not terrible. Okay. I'll have to check yeah. it out sometime. Um, let's see. Hearts by Marty Ballin. Oh, yeah. Love that song. Former lead singer for Jefferson Airplane. Okay. That that song is, that's an amazing, amazing song. And uh, if you listen to the podcast at all, uh, me and Matt painted a picture a while back about um, movies. Like if, if they made a movie about us and and about our lives and mine would involve me getting into a time machine and as as we are as I'm being transported back the breakup song by Greg Ken Band is playing <laughs> they don't write like that anymore so <laughs> that 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 is one of my all time if I had to make a like a top 25 songs of the 80s that would be on it mm. for sure um this came in at number 84 for the year uh was winning by oh, Santana. I love that I, song. That would probably be in my top. That that would be in mine too. Yeah. That would certainly love be in mine. that song. That yes. always uh, always kind of gets you fired up, right? He's like, "I'm winning, and I don't intend on losing again." It's like, what a great tagline. That is that is awesome. Time by Alan Parsons Project. Yeah, I very mellow, very yeah, smooth, exactly. Kind of a Pink Floyd sound. Yeah, great if, you, song. if you play that, like if I played it for my wife, she'd say this is boring or slow. But it's just I don't know. There's something about it. It just the rhythm sounds is is great. Oh yeah, it's just you're right. It's a very slow song, kind of but, mellow, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, uh, "Hungry Heart" was my first song I ever heard by Bruce Springsteen. Um, you know, he'd been around a few years at that point. That's the first song I heard on the River album, so I bought it from Columbia Record and Tape Club. <laughs> and Cadillac Ranch was on there. I liked that a lot too. But uh, yeah, that that was my introduction to him. Um, I, did you mention uh, Blondie already? Tight as high. Yeah, that was uh, you know Blondie was was big. I mean, and uh, she had the song "Tight as High," which I liked a lot. Um, yeah. um "Sweetheart" by Frankie and the Knockouts. Oh yeah. Now I think I sent this to you um, a couple weeks ago. Again, I just sit here as I'm working and I just think in my mind of, of songs or or of you know like maybe I've never heard this album. It's like on my Apple Music. And I go to Frankie and the Knockouts Greatest Hits. 
really good. Really? It, it sounds like you are transformed back to that time period. Like, the music sounds very dated, but in a good way. Uh, so, if you get a chance, like, just some cool, like, yacht rock type tunes on there. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, with my hand up, this is the best um, hidden gem album that I've heard in the last year. Yeah, is the freaking you know, knockout's greatest hits. Which you think, out. Sweetheart and what else? There's some other songs on there. Maybe not the biggest hits, but good songs. Um, let's see. Urgent by uh, Foreigner. Yes, very good. That um, that Foreigner 4 album is a very good album. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of my... Another one that would be in my top 25 songs um, would be Ain't Even Done With The Night by John Cougar. Is that when he's Cougar? That's when he was Cougar. Yeah. <laughs> Before he took on Mellencamp and all that other stuff. Yeah. But that was, uh, that song is on like every love song mixtape I've probably ever made <laughs> of, of the 80, of, of 80s mix song music. So that, that one, that song never gets old. That's a great song. Um, let's see, uh, let's see, While You See a Chance by Steve Winwood. uh, me and my friend David, we talked about him a little bit ago, we always call this the Saturday morning song, because the beginning of this song is so chipper and upbeat, it's like, oh, this, it sounds like Saturday morning, <laughs> just here, here's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, that does kind of have that sound of I don't have to go to work today. It's Saturday. So exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know you can you can almost see like in a in a uh, uh, you know they they have like the, the camera where like they show the sunrise but they like like really fast so you don't watch the whole thing. It kind of sounds like that song to me. So yeah, yeah. There you go. That, that's that's one of those uh, songs I've always I've always dug that one. Uh, let's see a couple more here. Um, Same Old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg One of my favorite Christmas songs As well uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police oh, Yeah, that, definitely That That is a an absolute classic I When I first heard that song I just, I was amazed I first heard the do-do-do-da-da-da And then I heard Don't Stand So Close to Me after that It was on Casey's Top Ten And I couldn't find the single anywhere Because, oh. you know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio And and it was like uh, one of the top ten songs from England. So it was before it was actually here. Mm -hmm. uh, then later on, it was released as a single in the U.S. and I was able to get it. I couldn't afford to buy the album, so <laughs> I had to do that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there's you know lots of good songs. Smoky Mountain Rain, another Ronnie Millsap song. Uh, I'm sorry. And the number ninety four song of 1981 was Whip It. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Everybody loved that song back then. I think it peaked at number 17. Oh, okay. Which is strange to me because everybody loved that song. Like, like, why didn't that not go to number one? Because, like, it was on the radio yeah, all I don't the time. Think it was on TV all the time. And, yeah, like, I haven't met anyone that said, I don't like that song. So, I don't know um, anyone. Now, I do know there was a little bit of controversy around it because oh, they were saying yeah. whip it, you know. And, yeah. and, and in the video, he's actually got a, a whip, but... Uh, 
and the girl's beating the thing with a batter and right, making right. the cake or whatever. So there's a little bit of controversy, but yeah, that, that's just a 81 bit. controversy. Just, that's, yes. That would be nothing now. Oh, that's very pale compared <laughs> right. to now. So. All right, so you know what? that I, Anything else in the music there you want to bring No, up? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, we have, I think we've exhausted 1981. It's been fun, though. It has been a, lot a of fun. ton of fun. So, guys, thank you, those of you that hung out the entire time <laughs> uh, hearing us ramble on about uh, why we love 1981 so much. Uh, next week, I've got the, the brothers of other mothers, Mike Moore and Matt Moore, uh, Mike, also known as Snowball. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking about um, the different uh, wrestling organizations of the 80s. So, you know, the... The, the forever battle between the NWA and the WWF and why we think one's better than the other. and uh, It should be a lot of fun. So for those of you out there that like wrestling, you're going to hear our very unique but always educational take on professional wrestling. So, Kevin, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you. I always I mean, look forward to getting together with you. It makes it, makes it a lot of fun. So, guys, until next time, uh, we'll, we'll see you. Take care now. Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind And they never give you credit It's enough to drive you Crazy and you let it Nine to five For service and devotion This is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy